0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Any news today, Tito, at all? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Rosie. <laughs> That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup.
1: Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus.
0: Welcome in, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. It is the Rosie Report Regular Season Roundup Weekend Recap Edition. This is episode number 17 of our podcast. And as always, thanks so much for tuning in, Jim Rosenhaus, along with you. As we take a look back at the weekend and also later on in our podcast today, we'll hear from Indians assistant general manager Carter Hawkins, who touches on a variety of subjects, kind of bringing you up to date on where things stand heading deeper into the month of May. Good weekend series for the tribe in Chicago as they took two out of three from the White Sox. And on Sunday, the rubber match of the series, Zach Plesak battled his way through, got into the sixth inning, and uh, the Indians posted a shutout in a 5-0 win. Cesar Hernandez went deep to get it started. Jose Ramirez hit a home run late to extend the lead, and Plesak and the bullpen got it done. After the game, Prime Manager Terry Francona talked about the game and the weekend. Tito,
2: you know, what did you uh,
0: think of Plesak today?
3: I thought, above all else, I thought he competed his rear end off. Um, we got to the third inning, and... We had, what, two outs? I think he had no 2 count. He ended up walking. And then the same thing to the next hitter, and that hit a breu but got out of it. But that really, I mean, it probably cost him an, an inning of the game. But he competed like crazy. I mean, I just thought that was what's really stuck out to
2: me more than anything today. What is? His, I know he made some mechanical changes a couple starts ago, but what does it say about him that he at a young age, he can make mechanical changes and, and turn it around so quickly. Yeah, I know they wanted to get him more against his front leg. And
3: because of that, you're seeing a little bit more fastball. Um, and he's got a terrific changeup to go with it. And his breaking ball, he's starting to at least land it in spots where where he's comfortable. And as that progresses, you'll start to see, I think, the shape of that become better too. How nice is so- it was to have Hit the ball the way he did today, and just having spread out a little bit with a couple guys getting two hits, and and not just that, but not taking the double, taking the triple, you know, not being satisfied, but running out of the box and get that that really helped because, I mean, Jake popped up, but we get a run because of it.
4: You know what what happened on the uh, pickoff when Bow- Bowers was dropping back and and Zach threw over to first. Yeah, I mean, I think Zach thought he
3: was getting too big of a lead, <laughs> and just kind of brain farted because Jake had told him he was behind him. You could tell when Zach threw it, he knew that it was probably ill-advised.
4: That was I a know, tri- I mean, he almost fell off the mound early in, that, in the same it, inning, no, right? The same
3: sequence. Probably a good thing. Uh, I think that was uh, Eaton. Probably a good thing he dove back to first. Might have hit him right in the head.
2: <laughs> um, I know we talked about Cesar and not like days off. And then he has the finger thing. And, and I talked to you the other day about, you know, his fastballs. I know he had to change up out, but how nice is it to have a guy like that have a day off and come back the way he did? You know, I mean, and that
3: was the whole idea was, you know, he was dying to play yesterday, which which we appreciate a lot. M- myself, maybe more than anybody. I just thought rather to have him limp, and by limping, you know, I mean not feeling good with his hands, give him a day to kind of catch his breath. And I think it helped him. Let the trainers work with him a little bit and, I do think it was good for him, and I know he hates it, but I still think it was good for him. How's uh, Jose's hand? Is he all right? I think so. Yeah, he's a tough kid.
4: You know what makes him so dangerous, especially late, and it seems like this the early part of this season, especially against the White Sox. Who are you talking about uh, Jose? Jose.
3: Uh, he's. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game. He's. He's smart. He's got the talent. He's just a. He's a. He's a great player, and I'm glad. People are finally coming to realize that outside of Cleveland because he is one of the best players in the game.
0: And also after the game, Plezak, who has now won two straight, starting to look like the Zach Plezak that we saw a year ago. He talked about his effort in Chicago. Zach, um, just take us through that third inning. Just you
2: cruised through and then you got in some trouble. Just what helped you get out of that?
1: Yeah, I think I was just being too fine, you know, trying to make too perfect the pitches. Um, Game plan was an attack. Use all my weapons. I think it's kind of, you know, some some small misses kind of made me fall behind a little bit, you know, and I'm playing catch up. Tried to go up and into a Braille, runs up and hit him in the arm. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes on executing pitches. Uh, Lamb gets up there and we executed three pitches in a row and we got ourselves out of it. So, you know, we just execute. We don't put ourselves in a jam.
2: How much do you appreciate that, you went through some mechanical changes and you've seen the effects almost immediately.
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm working every day. I'm trying to, you know, make myself better any way I can. I know there's little adjustments to make, you know, I think there's, there's still more in the tank, man. I think I can really start taking this thing up and really, really take this to another level. Um, I feel like I'm in a good spot right now. Some of my sliders are clocking at 91. So I got to, I gotta make sure the shapes are still there, but um you know the ball feels like it's three ounces in my hand. So I'm uh, you know, I feel good. I feel confident with every pitch. My changeup still got the action it has, my curveball's really coming along. That's some really good depth. Um if we can start riding that heater from five to seven, I mean shoot, we'll be in a good spot.
2: I was gonna ask you about the slider. at times do do you think you might be throwing it too hard, maybe, or no? That's yeah, I
1: mean I mean i it depends. i got to go back, you know, and look at the, the video and at the, the numbers, you know, the analytics to see how much depth this really having, if it's more cut than depth like before. Um, but, you know, when I go back and check that out, we'll see where we're at. And obviously, um, you know, we'll, we'll make the adjustment need be if we have to.
4: Yeah, how how, how important was it to, uh, you know, come back and pitch well against the, the White Sox after this is the third time in, the, in your last four starts you faced them the first two did not go well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, – it was a serious rubber match, you know. It was, that was the only thing on my mind I had to win today. I wasn't thinking about the last two starts. I was thinking about getting this team, put them in position to win this, this series. So, I mean, it was a big game for me, um, big game for us, you know, all together I think it was a big win, you know. So, moving forward, I think, really, we just had our focus on today, and that's what I'm going to continue to do, focus day in, day out. I wasn't thinking about anything in the past, you know, that's behind us. We're just going to keep moving forward, keep trying yeah. to get better.
2: Um- you got to win, and you helped them win the rubber match. But how bad did you want to get out of that sixth inning?
1: Oh, yeah, I wanted it. I did want it, man. I uh, I did. I, my pitch count was up. I kind of got some full counts. Guys were fouling balls off, you know, and that third inning didn't help falling behind a little bit. But, you know, I saw Shaw running out from the bullpen. I knew we were in a good spot. So, um, you know, Tito made a great decision. Um at the end of the day, we got out of that that inning, and then we won the game. So that's all I, that's all I care about.
2: You know, Tito just talked about Jose and how – a lot of people around here have known what kind of player he is. and Maybe nationally people are realizing how great he is. Um, just what is it like to have a guy like that on your side every single night, whether you're pitching or not?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's a blessing to have him on our team. Like, he does so much. He keeps the energy. He keeps it light. He's every at-bat. It's fun to watch every at-bat. He's taking pitches that are balls, swinging at strikes. He's barreling things up. He's hitting homers like when it's time to hit a homer. It's just it's really incredible. So, really, it's just – you know, awesome to see him in our lineup and it's a blessing to be able to play with him.
4: Zach, Andre asked you about this. But I was wondering, you know, you in that third inning, you kind of stumbled during a pitch. Then you threw the, you know, the break, the uh, pickoff throw. There was a little miscommunication there, obviously. How do you reel that back in? Because you hit a braille the bases are loaded and you're sitting there thinking, you know, this, it, the kind of game is teetering in the balance there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... You know, JB told me he was he was off the bag. Uh, You know, I'm checking the runners. i seen him eating. i seen him taking his steps instinctively. You know, I'm like, I got him. But uh, really, it's just about stepping off, taking a breath, locking back in and making a pitch. So, um, you know, I think that's really what it came down to. I wish I would have done it maybe a batter or two earlier. But um, when it was really time to get down and make a pitch, you know, just slowed the game down and make sure it wasn't going to get too quick on me. And I made three pitches in a row and we got out of it
4: i know we've asked you this a handful of times now but just as the season's gone on and the bullpen continues to be so consistent for you guys what's the feeling like whenever yes you wanted to finish that inning so badly but you know exactly what's coming in after you with Shaw and Karen check and Clausay just what comfort does that bring you guys
1: yeah i mean it's it's a blessing you know it's good morning good afternoon and good night back there in the back end if you know my job is to get as deep as i can but you know, whenever it's time for me to come out of that game, we got, we got weapons. We got more than just them. We got a full depth chart of guys out there that are ready to go. So, um, yeah, our bullpen's, I think, premier top in the league. So it's just a blessing to have those guys coming after us for sure. Well, you start getting that one-two punch
0: with Plesak and Shane Bieber. And then you add Aaron Savali, who's throwing Monday night against the Royals. And uh, thing's really looking good at the top end of the Indian starting rotation. Carter Hawkins is the Indians' assistant general manager for a stretch. He was the Indians' farm director, so great familiarity with the Indians' minor league system and uh, now adding support uh, to everything on the major league level as well. Always fun to have him on. We enjoyed it when he was the farm director and he joined us weekly. And every once in a while we have a chance to catch up with him as part of our GM Saturday conversation on the warm-up show, and we had to go short on that on the warm-up show this weekend due to time constraints, but we can roll the whole interview for you here on the podcast. And uh, Carter was with the team in Chicago, the first trip that he has made since the 2019 season. And we asked him about the COVID protocols, how things are different travel-wise, and how COVID protocols and distancing have made things a challenge for a front office that places a high value on in-person face-to-face communication. And Carter, let's start right there. You had mentioned before we went on uh, some of the challenges of COVID, travel's a little bit different, but also communication between everyone in the front office and the field staff, players, things like that. Normally the Indians very good with that uh, throughout the front office, but what are some of the challenges and things that you're trying to overcome just to keep the lines of communication open during a challenging time?
5: Yeah, Rosie, I appreciate you having me on. And and I think it's something that, you know, really I imagine that everybody in the business world, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, football, or marketing, or sales, or, or whatever is dealing with where, you know, a lot of our communication over the last year has been electronic, you know, over Zoom, over text, over calls. And one thing that we always have tried to do organizationally is create collisions in person between people. But over the last 400 plus days, we've been trying to avoid collisions uh, between people and that's cut down on a lot of the conversations that we have and a lot of the organic um, ideas that, that come up through some of that natural collaboration and um, so we've really tried to be deliberate of how can we safely uh, put people in the same place uh, when we can And um, you know, not easy when you're when you're constrained by the COVID protocols which obviously we need to do but um, you know we're, we're doing our very best to, to make sure that you know we're, we're not leaving enough the chance that we connect around all different parts of the organization and different pockets don't get
0: siloed out. And while you're you're trying to do that, you have a team that there's transition here personnel wise. And through that first month of the season, the Indians get to the end of the month with a 500 record. Uh, what are some of the good things that you've seen, maybe surprising based on what you had seen in spring training and, and some of the challenges that, that lie ahead here for this ball club as you get into the month of May?
5: Yeah, I mean, as we, we make changes like we did this year, that You know, we've definitely gone younger um, overall, and and there's some growing pains that are involved with that. There's just some uncertainty that's involved with that. But, you know, been really encouraged um, by our pitching, which, you know, I think was the thing that we were most optimistic about going in. But um, our our bullpen specifically has been outstanding, and that's been an area that, you know, we've all been very encouraged by from the back end to the middle. Um, You know, it's been an area that uh, has really become a strength in a short time for us, so hopefully we'll continue to sustain that. Then offensively, you know, there's there's good signs. Um, you know, we've strung hits together in some games, and then others we haven't. But our guys are hitting the ball hard. They're making good good swing decisions in terms of you know, making sure they're swinging at pitches in the zone. And, and we, we feel like there's growth to happen there. And, and traditionally, as we get out of April and into May and June, you know, bats start warming up as well. So there's some things to be excited about. You know, obviously a lot of work to be done um, and a lot of growth to, to be had. But overall, we're encouraged about the direction that we're going in.
0: Indians assistant general manager, Carter Hawkins, joining us. And, Carter, you, you alluded to some of the, the challenges, some of the good things going on in the month of April so far. Back end of the starting rotation, you have your front three of, of Bieber, Plesak, and Savalian, and, and uh, they've had that good success out of the gate for the most part. But the the last two spots, uh, there's several names being being worked in and out, and when we see some changes coming up on this road trip uh Logan Allen, Sam Henches, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill in that mix and some others at the alternate site. Uh, what are the things that, that you work through that might not be readily apparent that you want to make sure happen for these these young pitchers in terms of their development while also being effective on the field and, and giving the team a chance to win?
5: Yeah, it's an interesting challenge, especially with guys like like a Tristan McKenzie who you know, really haven't built up a, a huge workload over the course of their career for various reasons, whether that be you know just the 60-game season last year, or in a guy like Tristan's case, just haven't had a consistent career up until up until this point due to some injuries. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're being safe with our players. We want to make sure that you know we're taking the conservative approach, especially early in their career. Um, but that you know gives us two things to do. One is To be really deliberate about the way that we train those players, the way that they're taking care of their bodies, the way that they're taking care of themselves on and off the field, and then also for us to be creative about how we're deploying our pitchers and thinking about what's the best way to to put guys together either on the same day or different days to be able to bridge uh, to that bullpen that we've had some success with over the last month. So uh, a lot of decisions to be made, and, and they're certainly going to continue throughout the rest of the year, but. Encouraged by guys like Tristan, you know, we're going to try to get Logan turned around down in Columbus here coming up. And um, other players like J.C. Mejia and you mentioned Cal Quantrill that we feel like can give us some length. And Sam Hinches, who's been encouraging in his early uh, outings here in the Major League. So uh, we feel good about our ability to make, to make something happen here.
0: That's Indians assistant general manager Carter Hawkins. Always nice to have him along on the show when time allows. Well, big week for the Tribe this week. They open up a four-game series in Kansas City against the first-place Royals on Monday night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights at 8:10, and then Thursday, day baseball at 2:10, first pitch. And, of course, you can hear it all on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. So we look forward to that. Should be a great series. Should be a good week. And we will catch you next time on the Rosie Report. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Portberry Trip, and Austin Controllers for all of their help in keeping this podcast moving in a positive direction. We'll catch you next time. I'm Jim Rosenhouse.
3: This has been the Rosie Report.